Hello, welcome to the Belk on Business podcast. This is Josh Belk, and I appreciate you joining the show today, and I hope to provide value to you on this episode. If you do get value out of this episode, please do me a huge favor and make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcast, leave me a five-star review. Thanks again for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, hope you're having a wonderful day today. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about as we approach the year end, as I record this, we're uh, going to start actually the fourth quarter tomorrow. And as we start moving uh, close to year end and getting close to uh, getting close to year end, there's quite a number of things you can do or maybe things you want to consider. Uh, and, and a lot of what I talk about here is going to be uh, specifically many times for business owners, uh, although I will mention a few things in here that uh, if you're not a business owner, if you're an employee, maybe you'll want to consider. Um, but uh, there, there are a lot of things that uh, that you can do. A lot of uh, I'll use the word assets, that you can, uh, different directions that you can go, uh, different things that you can do to be able to reduce your tax liability. Um, Or uh, be able to, if it's not within this year, be able to reduce your tax liability going forward. One common question that we receive uh, here in our office is, what can I do to lower my taxes? And, And of course, that's kind of a very broad question, just like, what can I deduct? Okay, it's kind of a broad question. Of course, we have general answers that we'll give. What I'm going to do just quickly, and I can't go into any uh, level of detail on any of these, but what I'm going to do today and then in a few weeks, I'll also uh, put out another podcast. Maybe we'll touch on another dozen, 15 or so different ideas, uh, different things you can implement before you get into year end because most of these you have to implement before year end. So uh, sometimes we'll get, you know, we get phone calls in February, maybe from a business owner, uh, a taxpayer, whatever the case may be. And it's like, okay, I've got this huge tax bill. Uh, what can I do to reduce it? And most of the time it's too late to do anything. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do in December that you can't do in January. So I'm just going to kind of quickly go through this. Like I said, I'm not going to go into any sort of level of depth on any of these, but uh, just going to kind of just plant some seeds, some things maybe you can take to your accountant or even call my office. Maybe it's something that we haven't had a conversation with that maybe we need to. Uh, so I'm, like I said, I'm just going to kind of run through these quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, and some of these are really basic when we talk about IRAs. Uh, so uh, for most individuals, unless you're a higher income taxpayer, uh, you, can, uh, you can contribute into a traditional IRA if you want a tax deduction or Roth IRA if you're looking to uh, put some money into a retirement account and it grow tax-free. Okay. Um, so of course there are the rules, like I said, I'm not going to get any depth in, in the rules because there's always, you know, the kind of, uh, ifs or, uh, or exceptions. Uh, but for most taxpayers out there, you're able to continue contribute to a traditional IRA. If you're looking to tax, uh, reduce your tax liability for 2019, if you're under 55, you can put $6,000 into a, into an IRA. If you're over 55, you can put uh, $7,000 and, and you can do this up until actually, if you're on, um, if you don't, you basically can do this until you file your tax return next year, but it does not include Extension. So you have until April 15th or until you file your tax return, whichever comes earliest to make that particular contribution. Secondly, 401ks. Now, a lot of uh, generally larger businesses, most smaller businesses don't have 401ks because they are a little bit expensive to uh, to set up. So a lot of employees or employers, I'm sorry, don't want to uh, spend those costs. So they may use a, you know, a simple or a SEP or something that may be cheaper to set up for their employees. Uh, but if you work for a larger company, you have a 401k, uh, you can put in up to $19,000 thousand uh, dollars and then there's a catch-up contribution as I mentioned with the IRAs uh, up to twenty five thousand dollars if you're a little bit older so uh, and that's uh, one of these things that is definitely beneficial when it comes from a tax end and you can put obviously a lot more uh, into a 401k if your company offers it 
over a uh, over an IRA. Now there are solo 401ks out there. If you're an individual business owner, something you may want to look into. The limits are, are relatively similar. There's also a Roth component, a little bit beyond the uh, scope of this podcast. But I just want you to be aware that there's also a simple, I'm sorry, a solo 401k that you can also uh, go into if you're a individual business owner and want to uh, be able to put some money off to the side. Uh, thirdly, uh, um, health savings accounts. So if you have a high deductible uh, insurance policy, a medical insurance policy, you can set up an HSA. Uh, that deduction, uh, $3,500 uh, for the year for an individual or $7,000 for the family. So you can put that money in there. Now, there are a lot of cool things you can do with, uh, with health savings accounts, just like retirement accounts. You can self-direct them where they can grow tax-free. Kind of a cool thing with an HSA. Uh, you can get a deduction if you don't spend the money. And even if you have medical expenses, you can wait and actually reimburse yourself somewhere down the road, many years down the road, and get that money back out tax free. So there's kind of real, some real cool strategies that you can utilize with uh, with HSAs. There's a lot of content out there about it. Uh, so I would encourage you maybe something to look into. Uh, if you have a high deductible medical insurance policy, health insurance policy that would allow you to have a health savings account. Third are SEPs. These are one of my favorites out there. Uh, so SEP contributions, you can put up to 25% of an employee's uh, salary uh, into, uh, into, a, uh, into a SEP. Uh, the SEP is just an acronym, Simplified Employee Pension. And so if you have employees, now something that's non-discriminatory, you have to do the same percentage for all of your employees across the board, okay? But you can contribute, say, it's 5% or 10% of an employee's salary. It becomes a deduction for the business. And uh, the employee, essentially, um, uh, it does not appear on their W-2, okay, if they're not contributing anything to it, depending on how you have it structured. But most of the time, you can put the money directly into the employee's SEP account, uh, is able to grow tax-free, and then they will pay taxes on it when they withdraw it. But you, as the employer, can take the tax deduction in the year of the contribution. Now, if you're a self-employed business owner, you can put up to 20% of your salary up to $56,000. The same thing is true with employees. It's capped at $56,000 or 20% of uh, if you're um, if, if you're self-employed, 20% of your salary or net income. Uh, if it's a uh, if you're a Schedule C taxpayer, uh, single member LLC, uh, or um, 25% for your employees, and that cap is at $56,000 a year. So that's a way you can get a, put a bunch of money into a retirement account uh, on the front end and greatly reduce your tax liability. And it's something that uh, quite a few of our uh, our taxpayers, our clients use to be able to reduce their tax liability. A fifth, if you have employees, a medical expense deduction, I'm sorry, uh, for all employees, or sorry, for all individuals, the medical expense deduction uh, is gone back up now if you itemize to 10% of your adjusted gross income. So if you make $100,000 a year, you'd have to spend more than $10,000 in order to be able to deduct anything on your Schedule A of your individual tax return. Just kind of be aware of that. Uh, sixth, uh, individual mandate penalty has been removed this year. So uh, when Obamacare uh, was uh, uh, was implemented, put into place here a few years ago, there was a penalty if you did not have insurance that has been removed on the federal end. Uh, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C. still have the penalty in place. So if you live in one of those areas, be aware of that. But on the federal end, the individual mandate penalty has been removed. Uh, seventh, uh, and this doesn't apply to a whole lot of taxpayers, but for some of them out there, the alimony deduction, if you for any individual that pay alimony, that deduction has been eliminated. Uh, I do encourage you uh, next to make sure you get together with your uh, accountant uh, before the end of the year if you have any sort of self-employed income. I was listening to a podcast actually this last week to where uh, they're estimating sometime in the next few years that up to 80% of taxpayers will have some sort of what I'll call a side hustle, something going on outside of their regular nine to five job. 
So outside of the regular uh, job, they may do something in the evening to earn a little bit of income. If you have any of that going on, you probably need to have a conversation with your accountant or your tax professional in regards to making estimated tax payments. And you want to get that in by the, uh, by the end of the year. Uh, next, um, uh, so for last year, there's a 15%, uh, this is the last year for 15% increase in basis for investment in qualified opportunity uh, zone property investments. Now, this is, I've done some podcast on this, and it's a little bit more of a complex area. We just received, actually, uh, some more directives this last week as it relates to, um, uh, to this particular uh, aspect of the, of the tax code as it relates to the Tax Cut and Jobs Act uh, that, uh, that went into play here. Uh, but if you have some long-term capital gains, you want to defer it, okay, and, not, and allow uh, for just some great uh, increase in the, uh, the value of your investments. Consider uh, opportunity zones, and you need to get that done before the end of this year. Uh, and there are quite a few podcasts. I've even done a couple of them on this particular uh, part of the tax code. Next, home office deduction. This is one question we get asked about a lot. If you're a uh, single-member LLC or you're an individual taxpayer that uh, all of your business is represented on a Schedule C of your, individual, of your income tax return, there's a simplified method uh, to be able to take the deduction. That's really nice. Uh, if you're an owner uh, and you're, or even an employee, but if you're an owner especially uh, of, a, of an S-Corp or another type of a business structure for tax structure, uh, you'll want to have a, uh, uh, an accountable plan that will allow for reimbursement for you for your home office expenses. Then you can take the deduction. So uh, that's something you'll want to make sure you have in place. I have on here also talking about accountable plans or accountable reimbursement plans. Uh, make sure you have one, that you have it in place. There are some really cool things you can do as the business owner and also to help your employees reimburse them for their out-of-pocket expenses. So uh, make sure you're talking to your accountant about making sure you have an accountable plan or an accountable reimbursement plan in place. Uh, next, make sure you're breaking apart your meals. Uh, so there were some changes in the tax law recently in regards to what is 50% deductible, what is 100% deductible. So make sure you're breaking apart your meals, especially as it relates to travel, any sort of promotional meals that you may have out there versus taking a client out to lunch, for example, which is your regular meal. So make sure that your, uh, um, that your meal receipts that you're keeping those in a contemporaneous manner, meaning who you're with and what the business purpose was, and then breaking those apart into areas that would allow you for a greater deduction, a full 100% deduction versus a 50% deduction. Once again, talk to your accountant or your tax preparer in regards to uh, which types of meals would be more greatly expensed. And I also want to make a note here that entertainment expenses are no longer deductible, although there are some creative things that you can do to try to help in that particular area as well. Next, you can hire your children, maybe a parent, a grandparent, if they're a lower income taxpayer, up to $12,000 a year and be able to uh, um, write that off as a business expense. Uh, once again, it's kind of a little bit of a broader topic, but something you maybe you want to consider if you own a business. Uh, but they do have to provide some sort of a legitimate purpose. The IRS is actually, uh, uh, as far as with uh, rulings that have come down, there's actually been children as young as seven years old that can receive a, uh, a salary from their business, uh, from their parents' business. And, uh, and, of course, it's free from FICA tax. The business can take the deduction for it. But they do have to be providing some sort of a legitimate service. It might be administrative service, uh, recording video, whatever the case may be, uh, that they would be able to, uh, to receive that money. And then it's a benefit for the, uh, both for the, uh, for the business, uh, for the individual taxpayer as well. Next, uh, accelerated bonus depreciation. Um, so uh, there, if there's a company policy in place, some of these lower uh, CapEx type, what you think of CapEx type items, or uh, say, for example, computers you may buy in your business, you can uh, directly expense those items versus depreciating those items. Also, there's, uh, been, there were some changes implemented a couple years ago in regards to uh, being able to take some accelerated depreciation in the first year. Uh, so make sure that you're, um, when you talk about your tax strategy, when do I buy things, uh, make sure that you're aware of those rules. Once again, have that conversation. Uh, next, uh, make sure uh, you talk about fringe benefits for your employees, uh, so um, such as phone, job-related education, 
uh, disability insurance, group life insurance, qualified dependent care. There's quite a few uh, quite a few things you can do for your employees as well. Uh, some of them are taxable, some of them are not taxable to the employee uh, that you can help them out. And then lastly, I mentioned earlier to having an accountable reimbursement plan. This is something I cannot stress strongly enough that, that you have this in your business. It will really help, especially if you're dealing in an audit scenario, to have that accountable reimbursement plan or accountable plan in place. Um, and uh, you need to make sure that you're aware of the uh, requirements. So there's a timeliness requirement in there. Receipts have to be handed in uh, within 30 days, but you can reimburse for such things as mileage, a home office, travel, meals, uh, education costs, et cetera. So uh, just rattled off here about 12, 13, 14 different items that you can, uh, you can look at as far as on your own individual tax return or within your business that you can do to help reduce your tax liability. Hope this would have some help to you. Once again, I'd encourage you before year end, get together with your accountant, with your tax professional to maybe discuss one or two of these items, something that may be helpful uh, to you in your business. Have a wonderful day.